0: You're going to need a Bible. You don't have one. Raise your hand. These these kind men will get you one. And then when you get there, today we are closing out the book of Ephesians. Woo-hoo! And then next week we're going to go into James. Woo-hoo! I know it's first service, but work with me, people. Come on. We've labored through Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to uh, close it out today. So if you'd open to Ephesians 6. And please stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. And we'll sit for the word of the teacher. Ephesians 6. I'm going to pick up at a verse that we've read oftentimes, especially as we've been going through the armor of God. And that's going to be at verse 10. But then I'm going to drop down to verse 18 momentarily. But let's pick up at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6. Paul's speaking to the church at Ephesus, he's in prison while he's speaking, he's chained to two Roman guards, he's writing this letter to this church that he preached at for over three years, he loves these people, he's telling them how to stand strong in this this evil age, and here's what he says in verse 10, closing out his letter, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And then verse 18, praying. Everyone say praying. Pray. Praying always. That's a good one. Yeah, let's do it again. Praying always. Pray. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, memories in prison, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Well, that's good stuff. Let me read to you real quick while you're standing. You don't have to turn there. Paul says in Matthew six, excuse me, Jesus says in Matthew six, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room When you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. I'm mindful and as you declared, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives and he who seeks, finds and him who knocks, it will be open. Lord, we're, we're here this morning because we're honoring you by applying your word to our lives. And when you declare to us that we're to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and that we're to be watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication. Lord, we confess that we know very little about prayer. We talk to to men about you, but we seldom talk to you about men. We'd rather do a thousand things other than pray. And yet here you tell us, as you have gone through painstakingly to declare to us the armor that we're to equip our lives with in this spiritual battle against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness. And you've shown us through in detail what we're to wear. And now you declare to us what we're to do. We're to pray. And Lord, Satan hates it when your people pray. He'll do anything he can to distract us from prayer. And so, Lord, I pray that you would establish us in prayer. You said my father's house will be called the house of prayer. And so, Lord, we receive that. We know that your public life of power was a result of your private life of prayer. And I ask that you would instill that in us this day. Lord, may Calvary Chapel Thousand Oaks, may Calvary Chapel Thousand Oaks be a church that is known as those who pray. Lord, let let that be preeminent that we pray. And so, God, we thank you in Jesus' name. amen. Amen. Have a seat. Relax. Well, as we come to the conclusion of the book this morning, as we come to the conclusion of of a book, I say epistle, epistle is a big word for letter, as we come to the conclusion of this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, there's three things that we need to take away with us to conclude our study. The first thing that we looked at as we began our study months and months ago, the first thing that we looked at when we began our study months ago is the enemy's devices, what he uses to trip up God's people. And then the Lord goes through to tell us who we are in Christ and that we're more than conquerors in a sense. But he goes on to say that we've been predestined and chosen in adopted. It's a foundation of the world. And we see this, but we also come to learn the devices of the enemy in spiritual warfare, who we're fighting and how they fight and what they do. Then the Lord painstakingly through the Apostle Paul takes time to declare to us completely in absolute detail the armor of God that we're to wear. Every portion of it, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the, the belt of truth, the, the feet shod with the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We go through all of these different armaments and we've done an in-depth study and we know why they're necessary and how to put them on and what to do with them. And So we've learned that with the enemy's devices, we've, we've learned the armor that's available to us. And now we come to the conclusion for every good soldier, every good soldier, The Bible says we're at war. It says we're in a battle. We don't battle against flesh and blood as the scriptures declare. We, We wrestle against principalities and against powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We are at war. You may not think you're at war, but you are. There's a battle for your mind. There's a battle for the lives of your loved ones. There's a battle for your community. There's a battle for the earth. It's being waged every day. And so as we consider this, we're armed for it, you get off the bench, we're out of boot camp now, you're no longer recruits, you're all now enlisted in the army of God, and it's time to undertake spiritual warfare. Now with that, as you're enlisted into this army of God, I'm not talking about physical weaponry, like David said to, to Goliath, you come at me with spear and, 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 and javelin, but I come at you in the name of, of the Lord of hosts, the God whom you've defied, so that everyone will know that, that God doesn't fight with flesh and blood, but you will be defeated by the living God. You're not fighting me, Goliath. You're messing with God. And all of us understand something. As soldiers understand, you are instruments in the hands of the master. Not your will, but his will be done. A soldier understands commands and authority. If you understand in the scriptures, when you see every time that Jesus had interaction with a Roman centurion, he had nothing but praise to say to that centurion. He understood, as centurions do, that they're under authority and over authority. They know how to take commands and how to execute commands properly and respectfully. And they did that for the most despicable nation on the face of the earth, Rome. And there are times where our military personnel will have to execute orders that they may disagree with. And it's hard. In a flawed world, in the noatic covenant of governments being established, they're not perfect. But the beauty of what we do and who we serve, he is perfect. And what he does is always good. Always good. And he wants us to trust him and obey him. And an army is only as good as its communication lines. You may be well equipped. You may understand the devices of the enemy. But if you're not communicating in a chain of command, you will lose. You'll be decimated. You'll be defeated. Satan's job is to, is to isolate and conquer. If you don't fight as a unified force, if you don't go forward with, with a, a structured command, you lose. And so we come to the conclusion of this book to realize the third point, and it's this, that we need to communicate in battle, and we are in battle. You need to communicate. I know it's an R-rated movie, and some of you are going, how could a pastor watch an R-rated movie? I'll just save you the heartache. I've watched quite a few of them. <laughs> and I, I, all things are permissible. Not all things are profitable. I guard my eyes. I went to go see the 007 movie with my boys. I knew all this head down, heads are down. Okay, heads up, heads are up. I was taking them through the whole thing. And there, at a point, Dad, is it down? Okay, down, Dad. Right, down. And the people behind me are going, this is so cool. I'm like, heads up, heads up, heads up. Oh, that's good. That's good. What happened? None of your business, son. You don't want to know. So anywho, yeah. And, and, as, and as we take a look at this picture of communication in battle, and, and I have seen R-rated movies, and one of my favorites it's called "We Were Soldiers." It's with Mel Gibson, and it's a, it's a, an attempt at a historical documentation of an event that happened in the Durang Valley, and it was one of the very first major conflicts of the United States against uh, the the Vietnamese, the Viet Cong. And uh, it was Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore, who had they just created the first airborne and uh, the air cavalry, excuse me, the air cavalry, and they'd come in in helicopters, drop in. And they'd be completely surrounded by enemy, and they'd have to, and they needed the supply chain open, and they had to bring, you know, the, the uh, ammunition in, they had to take the wounded out, and they needed this supply connection with the helicopters. They were their lifeline. In addition, as they would send out specific platoons, Colonel Moore would stay back at headquarters in the center of the battlefield, and he would be radioing, where's you know, Alpha Company, where's Delta Company, and he'd try to keep them, we're thin on this line going, and he would try to circumvent the enemy's movements and their positioning. And he would put a front wherever they were moving. He was trying to think ahead of them. And in the the critical moment of this battle, the radio operator is screaming and he's yelling at the top of his lungs and there's panic and bullets flying everywhere. And I I wrote it down. It says, I'm trying to reach them, sir. He says, Trojan 2, come in over. Trojan 2, come in over. And he's panicking and everyone's screaming. And they're saying, the lines are folding on this side. The lines are folding on that side. And everyone's panicking. And he just looks at him, And he just stands up and he says, Hey! Hey, calm down. Calm down. Relax. And then he says this. Understand the situation and communicate clearly. I mean, it's so powerful. What an illustration. See, R-rated movies can benefit. (laughs) And then he says... Pull the chain on all the firepower you can get on that hill right there. That's the commanding officer. He's assessed the situation. He knows what's going on. He says, Listen, you all calm down. And we began this study. We look at Philippians. And it declares to us be anxious in nothing, calm down. Yes, you're at war. Maybe it's been a hell of a week for you. Maybe it's been awful. Maybe it's one onslaught after the other. Maybe you're underwater. And it's not like Satan's going to back off. We've covered this. He's not going to go, oh, that poor Christian, they've been beat up way too hard. I'm going to back off a little. No, he's coming in even harder. If he's got you on your knees, he's got you in a fetal position, he's going to kick you until you bleed to death. And their position was getting overrun in this movie, and he used this term broken arrow. I love that. I don't know if it's legit. I haven't studied it. But he said, broken arrow. And the guy goes, what's broken arrow? He said, all available firepower to be enlisted for the support of a unit that's being overrun by the enemy. And then the next thing you see, these you know, A6s and F4s are coming in and these thunderbolts, napalm everywhere. And you're like, yeah, I want to call in broken arrow. Maybe you're in a fetal position. Maybe you're being overrun. It reminds me of the passage of Scripture where it was in a storm on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples. They were scared to death. They're bailing water and they're panicking. They've given up hope of living. In the midst of the storm, they look and they see Jesus walking on water. And they think it's a ghost and they're scared to death. So not only are they afraid of dying, now they see a ghost and they're scared to death and their heart's racing and pounding. And Peter, or Jesus says, this is what Jesus says, calm down. He actually said, don't be afraid. I think he said, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> calm down. It's I. And Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come to you. Nobody walks on water. You bid me to come to you. He still doesn't step out of the boat, Peter. He's walking out there. He's like, oh. <laughs> "What am I doing? This is water. You don't walk. Am I dreaming? What, there's, you can't do this." Is panicking starts to sink, drowning. What does he do? He prays. Keeps a line of communication open. It was a pretty cool prayer. I mean, earlier when I read out of. Matthew 6, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. <laughs> they like to pray out loud, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. I like it was D.L. Moody. He was doing a prayer service. It was really the spirit was moving, and people were just being touched. And he, A man comes up to pray, and he just the guy just goes off. And it's like... You know, it's all about him and the prayer is endless and and it's just killing the whole meeting and, and they're just watching the air deflate out of the room and it was like, oh, and he's like... and Dio Moody goes, let's turn to Psalm 137 while our brother finishes his prayer. You know, just shut him down. So Peter is sinking, and he's panicking, and he's anxious. And he's drowning. Jews were scared to death of the water. They didn't have a swim team. (laughs) When Jesus said, for you to mistreat one of these little ones, it would be like having a a millstone tied around your neck and cast in the deepest ocean. That paralyzed them in fear. I was with pastor uh, 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 from Uganda. Aloysius, Pastor Aloysius. And I said, we're coming down the coast road. I said, let's go to the beach. You can put your feet in the Pacific Ocean. He goes, oh, I'm I, scared to death of water, Pastor. I can't do that. I can't. He's like, Sergeant, breathe heavy. I go, no, 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 Loysius. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and the sound mind. Come on. And we prayed. And he walks down in the water. And, he, and I go, look, see, the water will come up here. Just stand here and it'll come up to you. And he's like, oh. And he went a little further. I go, hey, don't, don't get all cocky. And, but it was... But I assured him. I said, "I was a lifeguard. I've saved people. I, I can swim. I, the, the nothing. I'll, I'll be here with you." And there was a piece about it. He got wet, but he was scared to death of water. So was Peter. Peter starts to panic, and in the middle of it, he prays. And here's the here's his prayer. It was a great one. Lord, save me. <laughs> Had he prayed any longer, he would be dead. Keep the lines of communication open. It's a battle for your soul. You need to know what the commanding officer wants of you. You need to know what he's declaring for you. I was was thinking about this idea that when you are in the midst of a battle, you're in the midst of a battle and it's awful. When you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. When you call upon the name of the Lord, you're calling in broken arrow, and the Bible says all of heaven's resources will be at your beckoning call. You pray according to his will, and it's yes and amen. But the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. And you need to be patient. Patience is waiting and knowing that God will prove his word true. It may not go the way you expect it to go, but you have to trust him by faith. You rest upon his word. Calm down. He's got it. And as you're praying and you calm down, you take the battle into the heavenlies. And now you know how to fight. There's a story about a pilot who was crossing the Atlantic back when they had prop planes. And he was doing a solo flight. And it wasn't, it wasn't Limburg. And as he's flying over, he hears this rat gnawing at the wiring, and he knew it because he saw the rat earlier. And then the rat's trying to stay warm in the altitude, and you can just hear this rat gnawing into these wires. And he thinks, this is going to be awful, and if he gets through this, and, and they were warm, and if he gets through this, it's going to create an electrical sh- short and something terrible. And so he, he, he can't leave the throttles, he's solo, he can't go back and find the rat. And so what he did is he put on an oxygen mask and took it up to the heavenlies where no one could breathe and stayed up there for a while until he heard the gnawing end and then stayed up just a little longer for extra measure because those rats are wily and came down. The rat was dead. Take it into the altitude where the enemy can't breathe. That's what prayer does. Calm down and get on your knees. Sometimes for me, the simple prayer is the Lord's Prayer because it puts everything into perspective. That's why the Lord not once but twice gave this as a model of prayer to his disciples. I'll be walking into a situation I know very little about. And I know that I'm to be enlisted for some sort of help and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I will often pray James 1 that says if any man lacks wisdom, all he need but do is ask of God. and God gives liberally to him who asks. And I receive that by faith, because if I doubt, I'm like a a wave tossed to and fro, and nothing I ask for, I'll receive. So I ask the Lord for wisdom in going into these situations. But I also, as I walk in, I pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. And you go through this whole picture. You know, it, it, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And as you just go through the Lord's Prayer and you look at each item of it and the order of it, guess what happens? You calm down. You calm down. If you're anxious, pray. Don't move a muscle. Until you calm down. The scripture declares it. Be anxious in. calm down. Are you worried? Cast your cares on him. He cares for you. Don't pick up the phone. Don't take matters into your own hands. Calm down. Re-establish the line of communication. Ask the commanding officer where the firepower is supposed to go. He's got it under control. Ask him what he wants you to do. This is war. This is the final declaration of this epistle to the church. You've got the armor. Now we're at war. Keep the lines of communication open. Satan loves it when the pastor preaches on a Sunday. It doesn't bug him one whit. As a matter of fact, God's people get fat and lazy. And it lulls them to sleep, especially if if it says in James that they're just hearers of the word and not doers of the word. Satan doesn't mind a Sunday service. And the more entertaining, the better. I'll tell you what scares him to death. What he hates more than anything else. God's people praying. God's people calm down in faith, asking God what they're supposed to do. I mean, I think that's pretty intense. You bring the crisis into the heavenlies. And you know... It's not like you're talking to God. You are our Father who art in heaven. You are. But we find in John 15 that we're talking to our friend. What kind of a relationship would you have with someone if you didn't spend time talking with them? What kind of relationship would you have with your spouse if you spend as much time talking with them as you talk with God? We've got to keep the lines of communication open. And remember this too. Our prayers never inform God. It's not like he's up there going, oh, Thanks for the intel. I almost missed that one. Who won the election? How could that have happened on my watch? He's not doing that. I know he won the election. I took care of that. You did that? I really don't know your ways, do I? <laughs> Who appoints all positions of authority? Oh, you don't want to say that, do you? Because you're upset. Yeah. Who appoints all positions of authority? And some of you are going, I'm glad he did. Others are going, well, I'm upset with him. Guess what? God's way bigger than politics. And you know the person he put in office? You know why he put him there? For your benefit. Some of you are going, I am leaving this church. <laughs> he did. He did. I don't know where the country's going to go. But I know that God is still in control, He knows where to put the firepower, He knows what He's doing. You either trust Him or you don't. Calm down. Quit laying awake watching and listening to all these radio shows. Get in the Word and calm down. Pray. Pray for our president. Oh, I'm want pray- to pray that psalm that says, May His days in office be few and another take His place. <laughs> Enough with the games. This is warfare. Pray, seriously. Pray for your loved ones, pray for your community. You know, the the Scripture declares, well, first of all, we're never informing God. Our prayers make us realize where our help comes from and then our faith is strengthened. He gives us trials for the perfecting of our faith. Hang in there. Hang in there. Look at the passage of Scripture. It says, Praying always, verse 18, praying always, praying always. Have you you been driving down the road and someone cuts you off and you go, you know, Lord, would you bless that person? They're in such a hurry. And Lord, would you just calm my heart down that I wouldn't be upset about that? And Lord, thank you that you're using this to develop in my life patience. And God, thank you for the clouds in the sky and the rain that fell that's making the roads a bit slick. But Lord, thank you for the water in this parched land. That saturates the fields. Thank you that we we have cars that are able to handle some of these accidents and with these airbags. And Lord, Lord, thank you for this glorious day. Lord, thank you that I'm running a little bit late to realize that even you control the clock. Lord, would you take care of it on the other end when I get there? Would you just make something happen to make this time profitable? I was supposed to go to dinner Friday night with a, a few couples. Was it the over in Moore Park, and, and, you know, got we left a little late and got lost on the way there. And I was calm as can be until I made a turn and I blew, and then I just, I felt my chest getting tight. I was frustrated. I was throwing all the stuff in there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Michelle, don't even bring it up. Don't e- I don't even want to know where we are. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and we get there and go, oh, let's go in and see everybody and just be pastor and wife, you know? <laughs> And had we prayed, had we prayed, first of all, we arrived. Nobody cared. We were late. they we probably, you know, maybe, but that's their deal. <laughs> but God saw fit that Tom and Tina Hunt would be 20 minutes later than us. <laughs> Bless you, brother. <laughs> and you know what? When they arrived, it was like fun. It added to the whole. It's like God knows what he's doing. It's not like we were trying to be late. It wasn't like they were trying to be late. It was dark. It was Moore Park. <laughs> Sorry, the other part of Moore Park. <laughs> not the one closest to Thousand Oaks. <laughs> I'm just kidding you, in a serious way. But but the idea is that God's in control. Instead of panicking, calm down. I did no good. I I put my wife and I in danger. I I, I made the evening at the beginning difficult for her and for myself. It's not pleasant. And 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 if I'm jumping on her, she's hurt, but she didn't jump on me. But I tell you, it doesn't do anyone any good. If I had just been sitting there saying, Lord, my time is in your hands. You knew what needed to happen at the house before we left. You, you, you order our steps. God, with, I just pray for grace on the other end. I, just work it out, Lord. He does. Calm down. Amen? That's the idea when it says, that's the idea when the scripture says, praying always, praying always. And then with all prayer and supplication, supplication is, you know, God, I, I, I need some help here. God, I, I, I need you to put this together. I love what Psalm sixty-two eight says. It says, "Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us." The word "pour out" means spill. And and um, yeah, Abby and Emma, Maddox, Emma. That kid spilled everything. Serious. They live with us. Everything she would spill. We got brand new carpets. Grape juice, boom. <sighs> White carpets, boom. Bless her heart. <laughs> and you know what? The Lord used it. It was pretty cool. But I, I, I know spilling. It just poof, all over. And that's the Lord saying in Psalm 62, just, just spill it on him. Just, God, I need to tell you, Lord, I just, no! And he's like, all right. You've been keeping that in a long time. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Just pour it out to the Lord. Just pour out your your, your heart to the Lord. This is your supplication. God, here it is. It's not because he doesn't, he's not aware of it. It's because he wants you to ask him so he can show you that he'll prove himself. The fervent, faithful prayers of a righteous man accomplish great things. God will show himself strong on behalf of those who seek him. Pour it out. Spill it on him. Amen? But do it in the spirit. Scripture says in the spirit. In the spirit. Not as a whining, weaselly, spoiled, rotten brat. And you didn't do this, and you didn't do that, and then you didn't do any of that, and then the things that I wanted you didn't do. And I'm upset with you. You need a spanking. <laughs> Grow up and calm down. Today we're going to be doing two word phrases. But the idea is in the spirit. Praying according to his will. Sometimes the scripture says in Romans that we have groanings too deep for words. I remember I have shared the story. I remember driving through Coronado. And I think it was a holiday season. I can't remember exactly when when I was there, but I just remember just driving around the town and I grew up in the town and, and I grew up there before I was a believer and I did awful things in that town before I came to Christ. And and driving through the town, I'd see that house and, and, and remembering what had occurred in that house and then going down a little further and remembering that and the party that took place there and this. And, and as I'm driving, it's this it's just me and the Lord and my heart is grieved and then it's comforted and it's grieved and it's comforted. And and I'm spilling on him and I'm 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 confessing and I'm, I'm choked up. I'm weeping. I'm just telling and, and I tell you what, had you been sitting in the car with me listening to this conversation you would put me in the psych ward. You'd put me in Happy Dale because you just you just look over and go what and I'm just going <laughs> and you know I, groaning. None of it was audible to any of you. So you go what is that guy charismatic? Is he going off the deep end? What, what, what? Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, I am. I was just speaking to the Lord. No way I could even articulate it. He would give me his thoughts, and they were far above my own, and, and I, I didn't even know how to articulate them. And all I could tell you is they just brought me comfort. And that's in the Spirit. Praying according to his word is in the Spirit. And and so as you see this, the gifts of the Spirit are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness, self-control. That's the Spirit. And I'll tell you what's hard to pray when you're whining just just spill it and then get in the spirit and let him know and then as he says be being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication perseverance perseverance Matthew 7 ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who re- asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good things to him who asks him? Persevere. Keep. Doing it, asking, seeking, knocking, asking, seeking, knocking, asking, seeking, knocking. What's it doing? It's calming you down. It's allowing you to keep the lines of communication open. And the Lord is directing his firepower and he's showing you what you're supposed to pray for and how you ought to pray. And the Bible even says, when you don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit makes intercessions with groaning too deep for words to show you what you need to pray for. He'll direct the firepower. He'll show you. That's not the issue, Rob. This is. Oh. You mean it wasn't about me the whole time? No, no. As a matter of fact, the sooner we can get away from you, the better off we're all going to be. Well, that's your opinion. (laughs) Calm down. God's in control. He'll direct it. Coming to the close here, I I love this where it says, perseverance and supplication for for all the saints. For all the saints. For all the saints. There's nothing more powerful than going through battle. And in the middle of the battle, be mindful of your soldiers who are in the thick of it with you. I'll tell you a really cool prayer that really irritates the enemy. When you're getting bombarded. Think of people going through the same thing you're going through and lift them up in the process. Get outside yourself when I'm going through a battle, I start praying for Pastor Steve and Pastor Doug, and I start praying, you know, for Pastor Leaf and Pastor Manuel. I want the enemy to realize, you want to mess with me? Not only am I going to go to the Lord on my behalf, I'm going to bring them as well, with me as well. Now you've opened up a can. and You can't get the lid on it. I want the enemy that when I wake up prayerfully, I fall asleep praying, I wake up praying And I go to seek the Lord for the beginning of the day. As the Bible says, long before the sun arose, Jesus went to a solitary place and there prayed. I want the devil that when I wake up, I want him and all of the demons to go. Dang it, he's awake. Because we are going to intercede and call in the firepower. We're going to enlist all of the artillery of heaven by prayer. Not talk about it, not pass by your day with it, not jump into your activities, not pick up your iPhone, not go to the stock market, not click the computer, not go to the Drudge Report, not turn on Fox News, not read any of that jargon. Just open the Bible and call in the firepower. Pray. What are you doing that could possibly be more effective in the beginning of your day than beginning it with Him? And is what you're doing really worth doing if you can do it apart from prayer? You think it is, but you are just panicking. He'll let you run as long as you want to run until you get exhausted. And then you'll learn the secret of calming down. And then finally, it says, pray for all the saints. And then he says this. uh, uh, but Before I get to it, let me ask you this. Don't, Don't read it. Look at me. Look at me. If... I mean, let's think of the great apostle Paul. Every city he went to, there was either either a revival or a riot. Yes. He wouldn't call ahead to see what the hotels were like. He called to see what the prisons were like. Right, right. He was always imprisoned. He was getting the tar beat out of him. They left him for dead. Right. He speaks about being taken to the heaven. You know, (laughs) they they stoned him, been shipwrecked. I mean, literally, they kicked him through the streets. This guy, and then and then when he when he'd wake up from the concussion, one eye would be dilated, the other would be big. He'd be vomiting. He'd go, let's go back in. <laughs> be Paul, settle down. They're going to kill you. I'm immortal until God's done with me. What are they going to do? Threaten me with heaven? <laughs> Agabus, whoever wears this belt is going to die. Let's go to Jerusalem. I mean. If you had to intercede and pray for him, one thing you thought he really needed, I tell you what the last thing I could think about praying for him for would be this, boldness. <laughs> right? I <laughs> mean, that guy's like, let's do this. Who's with me? Be careful how you assess people. Be careful how you pigeonhole them. Because you're more than likely Wrong. You think, oh, that that guy's made it to this level and he's on autopilot. He doesn't need prayer. Oh, he can pull a message out of a hat anytime. He doesn't need prayer. Oh, they're so good with people in evangelism. They don't need prayer for. Pray for me, verse 19, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth. What? Boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador and change that in it I may speak What? As I have to speak, there isn't a gift you possess or I possess that doesn't need to be covered in prayer. And I would say this: an unguarded strength is a weakness. You rely on that strength, and instead of the Lord, it now becomes a weakness and a liability. And Paul would say, "Pray for me, because I have I have the tendency, like a mule." to just walk into a place I don't belong, and I never asked the Lord whether or not I was supposed to be there to begin with. Would you help me in that prayer, Paul says? I want to be bold for him, not for me. Right? It's war. An army's only as good as its lines of communication. keep in touch with the commanding officer, calm down, keep the lines of communication open, and he'll direct the firepower. Are those enough word illustrations for you? Congratulations, we just finished the book of Ephesians.